Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us once again on the ROI podcast presented by the Kelly School of Business on the IUPUI campus here in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Hopefully you all are having a spectacular day and we're here to help boost your business knowledge through actionable insight uh, on the ROI podcast. And joining us on this voyage is my co-host, Phil Powell, who's the Associate Dean of Academic Programs for the Kelly School of Business. Phil, what's going on, my friend? Well, Shane, we're in the middle of the spring semester here, and it's still January, so it's not really spring, but uh, just working hard to generate human capital to build prosperity for business. You got it, Phil, and we love to do that, and that's what part of this podcast is all about. So today, though, we're going to be somewhat picking up where we left off last week when we were talking to Professor Kim Saxton about equal pay for equal work. Uh, But today we're going to put a little bit different spin on this. We're going to be speaking more from a strategy standpoint, business strategy, and how gender equality will actually increase growth and revenue within an organization. And I can tell you, this is a very interesting discussion we have here today. One of the things that we see in the current climate is that there are real consequences to not focusing on and working toward an equitable workplace That was Kelly School of Business professor Julie Manning Maggot. Julie is a professor of business law, and she is the executive and academic director of the Indiana University Randall L. Tobias Center for Leadership Excellence. And in our discussion with Julie, she mentioned the legal consequences that organizations need to be aware of when it comes to creating an equitable work environment. Uh, Certainly there are consequences in terms of legal consequences. Legal claims are something that we're hearing a lot about now, but there's also major public relations issues when you do this wrong, and we're certainly seeing that as well. There is a certain numbers game that you have to think about, and the numbers, if your numbers do not reflect well the community that you're drawing from, There's a problem in your organization, and that problem could lead to anything from corporate activism uh, to your governance structure to large claims that are class-based to single claims. And even if it is just a single claim here or there, it adds up in terms of time, money, and morale. Uh, It's not a good work place if you're getting a lot of these sort of claims. As we watch the news, read the papers, scan the internet, sometimes we wonder, how can such dynamic, well-managed organizations not catch these claims and issues that seem to be right in front of them? How do they not see this happening? It, It is complicated. I don't want to downplay that this requires attention and work and um, that not every uh, organization that has been challenged is doing something wrong, but it is challenging. It is something that you have to pay attention to and focus on in a way that 
says, are we being truly inclusive of everyone in our organization and our community? And Phil, I'm going to pause there for a moment because I really like how Julie breaks this down. Sometimes we as humans can overcomplicate and overanalyze. And in the case of this subject, by stepping back and asking that question, are we being truly inclusive of everyone in our organization and community, that can cause some deep reflection, right? Absolutely, Shane. We have to make the choice and the deliberate action to reflect on our own biases and overcome them. That's not easy. Let's talk about this from a strategic angle. Yes, if complaints are filed and investigations are conducted around these issues, it's going to cost the organization on the bottom line. There's no doubt about that. But what about the impact it has on the human capital within that organization? That is an excellent point. The biggest cost of inequality is the impact it has on your workers, your workforce, and the morale among the folks that you've hired to drive value in your organization. Julie dives into the specifics of this cost and how it manifests itself in today's work environments. Right now we're at you know, historically low unemployment rates. It's hard to get good workers in your workplace. And if you are an organization that are, does not treat people fairly, that has poor morale, that does not handle these issues well, you won't have people working there. You certainly won't have the best people working there. It's a competitive market, and there's consequences to being a difficult place for women to work. Um, and it's not just women in and of itself. It also is the fact that families are impacted by these decisions that are negative to where women work. And that has consequences as well across the board. Law and ethics are such an important thing to think about in terms of business management. Many organizations and executives want a lawyer to handle anything legal related so it doesn't become their problem. But then you're having somebody else run what are some of the most important business decisions that you'll make. Executives know that there's legal implications to almost every decision they make and the ethics that that implicates. So that has to be a way, something that you embrace as a manager, as an executive, or you'll make poor decisions um, by having somebody else worry about one of the major issues businesses deal with, legal compliance. So what Julie is saying is that the best organizations are seeing a shift in the role of chief counsel. Rather than being somebody who solely protects their organization and, quote, keeps the government off their back, the chief counsel moves from defense to offense. She becomes an important part of the strategic core of the organization, as important as anybody else on the executive team. And let's remember, there have been organizations who have not taken this strategy previously, and we've discussed some of those in our previous podcast, and it caught up to them. So Shane, if we are to summarize what we have discussed today, progress has definitely been made for women in the workplace, but there's still a lot of work to do. Whether it be new inclusive corporate policies, improvements in FMLA, and other labor laws, or deliberate changes in organizational culture. We need to look at the law, not as regulation, but as guidance, and a clue, perhaps, to new things we should be looking at strategically. 
The job of managing people is never done. And it is a day-to-day practice that good managers engage in because people are their most important asset. And that's how they should be treated and thought about. That was a really great episode and really breaks down how you need to be using some of these statutes that are put in place to be the building blocks of, of your company. And don't look at some of these as regulations and overregulated. Look at this as good business at the end of the day. And we want to thank Kelly School of Business professor Julie Manning Magid for coming in and sharing this insight with us and all of our listeners here. Definitely many lessons to be learned. And let's face it, at the end of the day, the businesses that are implementing these strategies are businesses that are more than likely going to be ultra successful moving forward in the future. And of course, we'd like to thank all of you for listening today and be sure to subscribe to the ROI podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And if there are any subjects that you want us to discuss, be sure to put that in the comments. We would love to hear from all of you. Other than that, we'll be back here next week with another episode of the ROI podcast. Take care, everybody.